Hey, Nerd Nation. Welcome to the Credible Nerds Podcast. This is the Marvel Avengers Review Series, and we are the Credible Nerds. My name is Justin, and as always, I have my co-host with me, Mark. Hey, guys. How's it going? And we want to thank you guys for joining us on our Avengers Road to the Endgame series. This is episode three, where we talk about Iron Man. And while it was the first film released in this new Marvel Cinematic Universe, it is actually the third movie in the chronological timeline. It started with Captain America, the first Avenger, which took place during World War II, and then the newly released Captain Marvel, which took place in the 90s, chronologically, was the second film. So now we're on to Iron Man in the timeline. Well, this show first came out in 2008, it was directed by John Favreau, who also is a plays a role in the movie, Happy. And also Iron Man slash Tony Stark is played by Robert Downey Jr. Uh, he's joined by Gwyneth Paltrow, who plays Pepper Potts. Terrence Howard is uh, Colonel, I believe. Colonel Rhodes. Yep, Colonel Rhodes. Okay. And then we have Paul Bettany as the voice of Jarvis. And Clark Gregg, who is Agent Coulson. They're the major players in the movie, along with Jeff Bridges, who plays Obadiah Stone, who is Robert Downey Jr.'s, um, Tony Stark's mentor, and kind of helps him run his company, Stark Industries. So last week we, we talked about Captain America, the first Avenger, and this film chronologically follows Captain America even though it's what 50 60 years probably 65 years later after Captain yeah. America ends it's the, yeah the yeah something movie. like that yeah because the uh, Captain America ends in 45 something like that yeah yeah so it's been it's been some time yeah and when uh, Steve Rogers wakes up in the end at the end of Captain America I believe it's after um, Iron Man. So. Yeah, it is. It is because, uh, you know, uh, at the end of Iron Man, right, uh, Nick Fury goes and visits him, invites him to the to the flying ship, and then that, that was definitely sometime after the first Iron Man. Yeah. Okay. So it's after Captain America, but before the Incredible Hulk. Yes. So maybe we should look into that a little bit more, but I believe that's how it, how it goes. Um, in this one, there's not a lot of um, connection with the Infinity Stones. I don't believe we see anything along those lines in this one. But there is a S.H.I.E.L.D. connection. Uh, we see Agent Coulson appear in this movie, and he's trying to meet with Tony throughout the movie because he has uh, something to talk to him about. And we do get to see some other Avengers in this in this movie, but they're not. Uh, they don't have their persona yet. Their Avengers persona yet. It's kind of a a prequel for them. We see Rhodey, Colonel Rhodes, who later becomes Iron Patriot in the Avengers. Um, Jarvis. Well, War Machine, right? Oh, is it War Machine? Yeah, well, I think it's the same, right? Okay. I think, but I think the technical name is War Machine. Okay. So yeah, he's there, but he hasn't donned the suit yet. He kind of hints at it in the movie, but uh, 
he's still just a civilian and not really involved with with things that way um jarvis is present his voice is the the computer system that tony stark uses for for everything really his house his work you know that his his iron man suit that he later builds mm-hmm. but uh, jarvis later becomes vision as we see in the films i thought it was kind of a cool tie-in with iron man and um uh agent carter where we see that jarvis is actually a butler to uh tony stark's dad yeah howard yep yes yeah, so I, when i watched that i was like oh that's really neat i did i never realized that so yeah. just a bit it of it wasn't the same actor though right no nope yeah. not the same actor he was like some english guy i i guess paul Bettany's he's kind of english but um but yeah, it was a different actor altogether. Yeah, that's what I thought. But same character. Yeah, that was a cool tie-in. Um, so how does this movie advance the overall story as we know it? Uh, basically, it's an origin story for Iron Man and how S.H.I.E.L.D. becomes involved with Tony Stark. That's probably... There really isn't a story advancement as it's its own story in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, we do get to see the Ten Rings terror group, which are some villains throughout the comics, um, at least in the beginning of this movie. They're there. Was there anything else that you noticed, Mark, as far as the overall Avengers story? Uh, you know, I think this was it was kind of the first step um, for mankind. Uh, as as far as that direction, you know, aside from Captain America, right? Uh, but it was like Thor said in I think I'm not sure if it was it might have been Thor or the event uh, the Avengers when he said, you know, is United or Earth is kind of signaled that it's uh, ready for a higher form of war, you know, like on the galactic level. I think that. Iron Man was kind of the first step in that. Yeah. In, in that, because I mean, here's a man-made, just smart guy, and he stand, can stand toe to toe with Thor. Right. And Captain America. So I think it was kind of the first step as as far as that goes. It's kind of like, you know, the world's first step towards something greater, whatever that is. Yeah. So um, that's kind of what what I see out of it. I, definitely a lot of good things. I think you see, you know. Like I said, War Machine introduced. Uh, you get to see some of the the pitfalls that someone like an Iron Man can create. Where, uh, yeah, you, you've created this uh, this machine that can bring peace and stuff, but you know at what cost? You know, like who else is watching? Who else can duplicate? Who else can? Uh, you know, this is kind of the beginning of of all those pitfalls that Tony has never even thought of yet. Yeah. And so I think, you know, like you said, it's just an origin story, but there's a lot that that's inferred that it brings to the table. Yeah. Um, we see a lot of character development with Tony Stark. I mean, he's always been this playboy type guy who's, you know, does what he wants. He's super rich and has the ability to pay for anything. He's super smart so he can think of anything. You think of it if he thinks of it he can do it because he can pay for it so he pretty much gets whatever he wants um and does whatever he wants and you see you see that how it frustrates those around him 
you see how Pepper Potts is always frustrated with him. Uh, Rhodey's frustrated frustrated with him. Obadiah is, you know, he's just, I wouldn't say irresponsible, but he kind of is. Um, and so that's how the movie starts out, and then he's injured. He's this one of his own bombs from Stark Industry blows up next to him and it fills him up with shrapnel. And he's fighting for his life in a cave in the middle of Afghanistan. You know, and that'll that'll change someone. That'll you know make him rethink his priorities. So he meets the the scientist. I forget his name. Um, Jensen. Jensen. That's right. Yeah, I think that's his name. And they kind of come up with this plan to to build the first suit of armor and escape from the terrorists that are holding him hostage. Mm-hmm. So well, I, this is where he builds that that mini arc reactor. Yeah. Right. That powers his suit, and that was too is kind of the first step, you know, technological step that um, helped produce the remaining Iron Man and uh, suits and things like that. So. Uh, that that was actually a pretty neat storyline. How that that kind of worked out. Yeah, this story had a lot of depth to it. So, um, I mean, you have the jokes with Tony, but they were you know, that's his character, right? He's joking around and being a jerk one moment, the next minute he's he's helping save people. Mm-hmm. I've always appreciated that and liked that about Tony Stark's character. And we kind of see that in the in the first its first stage and how he kind of develops. In, in that cave, he's like, oh, you know, things things are different now. i got to change. And he starts to actually care about someone, this Jensen who saves his life. Because uh, before, he would always surround himself with machines, computers. He would talk to those machines as if they were people. And they were, I kind of got the impression that they were his friends. They were his real friends. While these other people were just people like Pepper. He wanted to be friends. He, I got the impression he didn't know how. He didn't know what to do. I mean, he knew how to seduce the ladies and, you know, do that whole thing, but he didn't know how to have an emotional relationship with anybody. Well, I kind of think he was like a realist, right? He realized like, yeah, okay, maybe I'm an okay, good-looking guy, but I've gotten billions, and that's why they're with me, right? Like he's kind of a realist. I mean, look at the end of the movie, right? You know, when he's given that press conference, he's like, you're right. I am Iron Man, right? <laughs> he just comes out like he's just kind of like, you know, yep. sort of realist. He's like, look, I'm not going to hide behind, you know, this or that. I, I am what I am. Yep. Yeah, he's got that honesty, which can get him into trouble, but it's always, it's also a good thing. So we see that great character development with Tony and um, those around him. He starts to trust them. Uh, some of the battles that happened in this movie were pretty good. Um, I liked that initial when he escapes from the cave and just levels those terrorists and <laughs> with like that rudimentary. Yeah. Um, well, I, I say rudimentary, but for him it is. For us, we've never seen anything like that yet. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> uh, you know, he's basically got like the old school Iron Man suit, lumbering Jack running through, just you know getting out of there yeah. and that was pretty cool when i when i did see that and so when we actually put on the real suit it was even cooler yeah so it was pretty it was really neat how, how they did that yeah that yeah, was fun to watch and he escapes and then just kind of runs out of fuel <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and uh falls 50 feet but 
no worries. Yeah. No worries. Well, it was probably like 100 feet. <laughs> yeah, was, he was up there. Yeah, so then he he comes back to his house and doesn't really tell anybody what happened. Um, but he has a change of hearts. He wants to make things better. So he develops his own newer, more advanced, sleeker Iron Man suit. And then, you know, a good portion of the movie is him testing it out, kind of see how, you know, how it works, develops it, takes a test flight. You know, we get to see all that. It's an origin story, so you kind of see it's kind of similar to Spider-Man testing out his powers for the first time after he gets bit by the spider. And you just see him, you know, learn. He makes mistakes, does some good things, makes more mistakes, and he figures it out. So then he finally decides to do something about the terrorists, the weapons that are being sold to them, you know, his weapons. And I think that's another key point in the film where he just goes over there and kicks some butt. And there's a scene with the tank in the city where this tank shoots this huge little missile. <laughs> or I guess it's not a missile, but a, you know, a, a bullet, I guess. And he misses it, he dodges it, and then he shoots this little teeny missile it hits the tank and just totally destroys it. <laughs> yeah, just like blows it up. It's yeah. like he took the, because he got shot out of the air. Yeah. Takes it like a man, falls a thousand feet, gets up, destroys it. Yeah. So it's moments like that where you just, it's humorous, but at the same time you're like, well, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Well, it shows the power too of Iron Man. Yeah. You know, because he, I don't think he was, even in the fir- in the first movie, he was, could even comprehend how powerful the suit was. Yeah. Right. Well, like, yeah. And then towards the end, Obadiah tells him, you know, you, you went out to, you know, get rid of all the weapons, but then you created the greatest weapon of all. Mm-hmm. How ironic is that? So. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and th- that's what he did. It really, it was the greatest weapon of all. I mean, aside from metahumans or whoever else he could have done whatever he wanted yep yeah so he he doesn't get rid of the ten rings but he you know puts them down for the moment and then he later finds out that his mentor Obadiah is really the one behind it all Obadiah steals the technology gets pieces from that first mech suit and creates his own and then Tony has to duel Obadiah at, in the end of the film, which he's able to do successfully and, and defeat him. And then, like you said, he proclaims himself Iron Man against all advice, but he doesn't care. So it's pretty, uh, it's contrast that with Batman, because, you know, they're similar. There's some similarities there where they're both rich. They've developed their own tech, kind of doing their own thing. But Batman always keeps it a secret. He doesn't want people to know who he is, but then Tony Stark doesn't care. And he announces it to the world. Um, I think it's a good twist. I mean, because you kind of, you know, you get used to the super, superheroes trying to keep themselves, their identity secret. But then you got him just announcing it out outright. This is who I am. I'm Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Do you have a preference to which one you'd rather see? someone who's out there with it or someone who keeps it a secret I don't know that's a good question yeah what do you think I think um 
I think that's something that's always bothered me is how they try to keep it a secret. And like with Superman, right? It's like, oh, he has glasses on. Who is that guy? You know? Mm-hmm. I didn't know he was Superman. What? I always thought that whole thing to be kind of silly. I mean, Batman, you can kind of tell because he wears a mask. But then you can kind of put it together. Well, Bruce Wayne left. Batman came. That happened like <laughs> three times. I wonder what's going on. <laughs> you know, people can figure it out. And so I've always thought they should they should just say who they are. That's always been my preference. Yeah. There's merits for both. I think as a whole, I, I understand the idea because if I was a bad person and I knew that Justin Brady was a superhero that would stop me, I would know exactly how to find his family to gain whatever leverage I had. So that makes sense on that kind of level. Yeah. But then again, if he came out, would I really want to go to Justin? If Justin Brady is Superman, would I really want to go to his house and try to kidnap his wife and kid? Like, right? Look what he does when he's not pissed off. Imagine what he's going to do when he is pissed off. So I I don't know. I, I think it's pretty cool Iron Man came out. I think that matches who he is. Yeah, that's true. You know, and, you know, like, that's who he is. He's vain enough to, to want to come out and be like, you bet. I'm Iron Man. Yeah. I'm amazing. You know, like, in the second one you see him, you know, I've, I've successfully privatized world peace. You know, he's, like, <laughs> patting himself on the back. That's just who he is. Yeah. Uh, and he does I, pay the consequences later on. Yeah. So. And, and he, he does, definitely. And, um, you know, he suffers for that. But whereas, like, somewhere like a, a Bruce Banner, Mark Ruffalo-type character, I could see why someone like that would never want – he would never want anyone to know who he was. Yeah. Like that personality, that person, you know, things yeah. like. That. I think that's a, a good point. I think that's the, the definitive answer too. Kind of depends on who, the character and what their personality is, and what's at stake. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I like that answer. Cool. Um, any key deaths in this film? I think other than Obadiah, the, the you know Obadiah Stone. Yeah, Obadiah is is pretty much it. I mean, oh, I, I, Jensen. Yeah, yeah first. Yep, he he dies. Um, I you see him again in the second. The second yeah. one, right? Yeah, because he did say that they met once before. Mm-hmm. And I think the second one is a flashback. It starts out as a flashback or something. Yeah, and this is the Iron Man, the the only Iron Man that we see. Terrence Howard in right. play War Machine. After that, he's replaced by is it Don? Yeah, Don Cheadle. Yeah. So. So I guess he kind of dies too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. There's been so many rumors, but apparently there's contract issues. Yeah. But uh, I, I really like Terrence Howard. Yeah, I, he did I think great. I would have liked him more than than Don. Yeah. Yeah. So Don does a great job, but. I, I liked Terrence better too. Mm-hmm. So, but other than that, yeah, no key deaths. Um, just good story when it came out. It was amazing. I remember watching the first uh, trailer for it, and it had the Iron Man music, you know, yeah. and then like it, you know, it does the I am Iron Man in in it, you know, and I was like, oh my goodness, it was amazing. Like I <laughs> love that when it said that, you know, from that song and. Uh, I was really excited for this show, and it really delivered. I think um, 
it really scored well for multiple reasons. At the time, it was it was a brand new yeah. type of thing, right? Like hero movies hadn't been made on that type of level with that kind of backing for a long time. I think with that kind of success, brought in a lot of new things to the table. You know, I kind of think that uh, after two thousand, really like Transformers, the first one, really kind of raised the bar on what's expected. And because uh, if you remember Transformers 1, that was just amazing. Yeah. And then Iron Man really kind of went forward with that, yeah. I think. Yeah. I mean, maybe I've got that backwards. Maybe Transformers came out afterwards. I can't remember. But uh, I think, you know, th- those were kind of the breakthrough shows to really, you know, raise the bar on what, you know, what it should be and what it should look like. Yeah. And uh, the story was amazing. The, the whole thing was amazing. The Iron Man suit, you can't get over that. I mean, it's just iconic when it came out. And it looks so good. looks so good compared to the, the actual comic books, how they made it look. And, uh, and I really like that. I, I, I think it's hard to give it any, any score below an A simply because of, of what it did for the series. Yeah. Yeah, if this movie hadn't... It had done just even mediocre. I don't think we'd see where we're at. You know, the movie's where we're at now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this movie was distributed by Paramount. It was a Marvel production, but distributed by Paramount. So it was before uh, Disney bought Marvel. So that, I thought that was interesting. And then also Captain America was produced or distributed by Paramount. So these hmm. movies came out before Disney bought them, which has always been kind of one of those arguments: is once Disney gets a hold of the movies, then they they are they're not as good, right? And but and for me, these are some of my favorite Avenger movies: is you know this first Iron Man, this first Captain America movie, the Hulk. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Maybe there's some truth to that. I don't know. We'll have to see as we go along. I think there's easily truth to that, and and I'll say that to the end of the time. I I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Disney has has been great to pick up certain films and to keep franchises moving. Uh, I just you're gonna see with these long series, you're just gonna get the same thing. You're gonna get Transformers over and over again. Yeah, Transformers two, but it's just like watching Transformers one with a couple different things. Right, I think that's what you're gonna finally start getting is that you're seeing the same thing, just you know, a little different storyline. Yeah, yeah, I think we should keep an eye out on that as we go along, kind of see where which movie was the first Disney produced or Disney distributed Avenger movie. Mm-hmm. Kind of from there, see how how that plays out if that is a factor or not as we're watching it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, the Stan Lee moment for this movie, um, Tony Stark goes to one of his charity events, <laughs> pulls up in his sweet ride, his sweet Audi, and uh, Stan Lee's there with his back to him, and he mistakes him for Hugh Hefner, because he's got some some hot ladies on each arm, so he's like, hey Hef, and walks by him, and then Stan, it's the guy turns around and Stan Lee says, kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> Normally he just plays like oh like it doesn't even call him anybody, right? Just is like Stan Lee in a corner saying something or yeah. dressed up as something. But this one, yeah, they actually portrayed him as Hugh Hefner. 
Yeah. Yeah, so in our main podcast, as a side note, uh, we talked about how I've been watching The Runaways and The Gifted. And on that note, Stanley makes an appearance in both those series. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, in one of, in The Runaways, he's like a limo driver. He turns around and says, hey, are we? is this where you guys want to go or something like that? <laughs> and then in the, the Gifted, he kind of walks out of this bar and looks at the camera. So, anyways, uh, the after credit scene, you mentioned it earlier. Nick Fury enters Tony's home and talks to him briefly and says he's there to talk to him about the Avengers initiative. And then that's it. So very brief uh, after credit scenes in these first couple movies. 20 seconds or so. 30 seconds maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good show. Here's a trivia question for you. See if you know. Okay. Uh, all good uh, Marvel fans will know this. Which – so uh, Tony Stark calls his suits like Mark – Mark 52, Mark 1, Mark 17, right? Right. Which suit was it for his first battle? Which one did he first take out in battle? Which battle? The one Just his very, very first one. So um, I think when he fought the Ten Rings. Wasn't that Mark 1? No. Two. No. <laughs> Zero. <Two. laughs> it was Mark three. Three. Where? Which one was one and two? Well, one was his original. The one that went into pieces. He flew out, fell apart. That's the one I was, I was thinking of. Oh. That's, okay. That's the one he fought. I guess oh. I was thinking about when he remade the suit. Oh, then when he went to Afghanistan again? Yeah. Okay. And then Mark II was the one that he uh, like was flying around the city yeah. when he was learning to fly, and then he fell through the floors. <sighs> yeah. Okay. So. That makes sense. Okay. I guess I asked that question wrong. I think I would have, knowing it now, I think I would have said two. So I think I would have been wrong anyway. Oh, Okay. Well, that makes sense anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Iron Man. If you haven't watched it, give it a play. Put it in the DVD, Blu-ray player or push play on the digital copy. Watch it. Let us know what you think. Um, Any last-minute thoughts for you, Mark? Uh, Just keep watching with us. Uh, We're getting ready for the new movies coming out, and uh, we have fun. So tell us if we miss anything or some trivia. Uh, We'd like to hear from you. Uh, We want to thank you guys for joining us here on the Credible Nerds podcast in our Marvel Avengers review series. And definitely check us out on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, even Pinterest. Uh, Just search for Credible Nerds and you'll find us. Follow us, contribute to the conversation. We're usually posting stuff here and there. And, you know, joining the conversation there. And definitely check out our podcasts on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, pretty much any podcast app you'll find us there or even on spotify uh, support us on patreon uh, all our shows are on patreon.com slash the credible nerds you can join us there we have exclusive episodes exclusive bonus content that you can only find there so check us out there and support us we'd really appreciate it we want to thank you guys for joining us here on this podcast and we'll catch you next time see you guys <laughs> <laughs>